All right, welcome back, everybody. Another episode of the ADR podcast, Going in the Books. I'll tell everybody right now, today, right now, this is probably going to be the funniest or the best one that you're ever going to hear in a long time. And uh, this is one that, I don't know, I've been trying to get going for a couple months. This guy's pretty hard to pin down, though. He's all over the place. I get to talk to my brother-in-arms, my comrade, my friend, uh, colleague, someone who's gotten me through a lot of times while we were serving in the military. And got to learn a lot about him, and now I get to mingle and talk to him quite often in retirement. So today we get to talk to Mr. Al Hero. Everybody heard that right. Today I'm talking to a hero. That's what everybody says when he walks down the road. That's a hero. So, uh, Al, welcome to the show. And I start off the same way I do with every other guest. Tell everybody real quick a little bit about yourself, like how you started and then uh, what got you to where you are today, and then we'll go into whatever you want after. Got it. Pretty pretty easy. Um, I'm pretty much amazing, so I just kind of was born, <laughs> I was born like that. You know, just, <laughs> I wake up and I piss excellence. Came I out you. the came out the vajay, just punching and throwing throwing right and left, and now look at me. No, uh, um, joined the military way back way back when back in 2000. Did 22 years in Navy. Uh, half of that was with the CVs. The other half of that was in Navy recruiting, um, which is where uh, I unfortunately met you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, retired about a, almost exactly a year ago, actually. Um, so I've been retired for a year and then got landed a, a gig with the current company I'm with, sales and marketing or whatever you want to call it, talent acquisitions. Um, and bam, here I am now. So a great time in the military. I mean, you know, We've talked extensively, but, you know, love my military time, you know, had some pretty cool stories, did some pretty cool stuff with dudes' buttholes. It was pretty awesome. So. Well, it's a little too PG for that story, but yeah, I'm sure we can get into it one day over drinks, right? Well, not really get into it. That'd probably be a bad situation. That makes me excited, man. Bad, bad choice of words. Mm, let's well, do I'm, it. I'm excited to talk to you today only because I know that today is going to be just nothing but bullshitting and that's what i like to do so uh you know for everybody that's out there listening you retired a year ago i retired about two years ago right let's just talk a little bit for everybody before we get into shenanigans tell them about your transition like how has your transition been do you feel like uh it was a good transition uh you got any pointers for anybody that's getting out to tell them, hey, these are the things you really need to look forward to as you transition, things to prepare for? Like if there's a couple of highlights, so you give my people, what would it be? Um, I would say initially it was it was it was difficult, man. The transition really, really fucking sucked. I mean, it, it was it was tough. Uh, um, I, I assume because of my background with you know my combat operations background and then my time with the CBs and then all the recruiting I did, I assume people were going to be lining up, you know, uh, you know, beating down the doors and even guys like us in senior leadership positions, uh, you know, as a senior chief, you know, they still did not, you know, didn't prepare me. I don't feel like, you know, very, very well. Um, it was almost like a fire and forget like, Hey, you're on your way out, you know, good luck. Here's this online GPS slash taps course, take this and you'll be just fine. Um, that was the total opposite of what happened. Um, you know, even the financial financial side of it, they don't really prepare you for the the straight kick and the the cojones on your way out the door with what you're actually going to make in retirement. Um, I, I missed my VA uh, cutoff the, initially for the um, 
the benefits upon the discharge delivery date type stuff where I can get it, you know, right away. So I missed that date um, by like four days because nobody told me, hey, you know, I didn't, couldn't, I didn't have a VA rep, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't find one. Um, so I didn't know that that 90 days literally fucking meant 90 days. So, so let's real quick right there. Let's kick it back, right? Just take it a little bit back. So me much different than you. I was stubborn and an idiot and I didn't, I didn't apply at all because I was that dumbass that said, uh, I can walk, I can do everything. You know, there's nothing there. But then as you're out for a long time for everybody out there, all you veterans, right. That are stubborn like me and think that there's people worse off than you, like things do creep up. So it's always good to go and do it. But you brought something up like that BBD benefits before discharge, where you could actually submit your claim. Right. I think the biggest key to go into what you're saying is you did your transition out of the military during this whole pandemic, or I mean, in my opinion, it gave people an even better excuse to not do things the right way in some cases. So really they threw the the class, you you did your transition class online just to check the box, right? (laughs) That's exactly what I mean. So tell me like, so for those guys out there that are in that same situation, those guys out there that went through the course, and when I went to a live in-person TGPS, and I've talked to a lot of people on this podcast, a lot of former veterans, a lot of people from all kinds of different backgrounds, and we all agree kind of on the same thing, you know? The military prepares you very, very well to be in service to your country. They teach you your job. They teach you how to be operational or, like in our case, how to to help recruit to get people into the the populace and be uh, a part of the, the military uniform to serve their country. They prepared us for that very well. But they do not prepare us to get out. I mean, they the biggest thing that they talk about is the medical benefits is the one of the big kickers they talk about during that um, that TGPS. But there wasn't a point where I felt like they to- they told you how to do it. Now I will tell you because I talked to you, and I wanna I'm gonna let everybody know in talking to you I learned it's not as hard to file for these things as people think. No. Right. No, so how did you find that way because i you know 100 percent transparent it's just like applying for a credit card you jump online yeah. you put all your yeah. information in and i and i'm i'm in the role now i'm waiting for them to give me that call i've already been notified the va's contacted me that it's in process i mean a, a week or two after i submitted it's already rolling and kicking so for all these guys yeah. that have a lot of trouble are still thinking old school VA, right? Old school VA was horrible. The VA's gotten a lot yeah, better. It's so totally tell me, how did you learn about all that? Like, at what point did you find that resource and then how, you know, walk people through how it worked? So so the reality of it is I, I actually didn't find it. I reached out to a, a, a friend of mine, Gary Walker, who had at, he would got out a couple months before me, essentially and had went through the same problems. And he, he was like, Hey, just go on the website. So literally I did everything myself. I went and I had my, I went and got my medical records on my own. I um, went and had him put on a thumb drive, which made it a whole lot easier to upload to the VA site. Literally went on there. Like you said, it was like applying for a, a loan. Like I filled out all my information. I read over my medical records to see what, you know, they, I had been diagnosed with. I made sure I put all that in there. And essentially I just submitted. And then from that point on, it was a waiting game, which does suck. Like I said before, I was thinking people were going to be hiring me, like just at my door waiting on me. It wasn't, yeah. man. I ended up bouncing from job to job for the first couple of months. 
Um, and then uh, about, I don't know, six months in, um, my VA benefits actually were approved or whatnot. How would they do it? And I got the, the green, I got green lit and say, Hey, you're hundred percent total and permanent. <coughs> here's your pay scale. Here's all this kind of stuff. So it was, it wasn't, it's like you said, it wasn't as hard as I, in my mind, I was like, Oh God, the VA, I'm just going to be a nightmare. Man, it wasn't shit. I freaking went on there and did it myself, filled out the paperwork and was done deal. So not to be funny for anybody out there, but this a hundred percent makes sense. I swear to God, if Al Hero and I can apply for benefits online, then anyone can do it. And that's not a pun. That's nothing. Neither one of us like to figure anything out that's foreign to us, especially a computer. And if it's able to be done, it just, for me, I want people to understand a little bit, get away from that stigma. I mean, I still hear it all the time. When I go to the VFWs, I go to the American Legions, uh, you know, with our t-shirt company, we do a lot of stuff with veterans. And they're always complaining about the VA. I mean, to the point where in most places you have a, like a Vietnam era vet from the VFW at all these events or the Legion that's sitting there asking all the veterans, do you have your benefits? And they're continuing the talk track that the VA is going to be difficult to work with and they don't want to give you anything. And I think the biggest problem is like those guys came back and they got they got the the shaft right a lot of those guys didn't get what they deserved and they really did have to fight for it right whereas nowadays i mean it's gotten better and i've seen that through being a loan officer upon retirement you want to talk about jumping jobs we can do that later jesus christ i did a lot but uh you know doing those jobs and finding out different things the va has it's gotten better i mean it has it's not perfect they are going to miss things. You're still not going to agree if they don't give you what you think you deserve. But the process to do everything is a little bit better, including like going to school, right? You laughed at me the other day. I've already obtained a master's degree with my GI Bill, and now I'm going to go get another bachelor's degree. Right. I mean, well, no, you're, you're right, man. Like, essentially, bro, it, the VA, like, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a hard process because I didn't start it when I should have. So mm -hmm. anybody out here listening, I'm telling you, it, that 90-day mark, they mean it. At, at 89 days, you miss the cutoff. You have to so start working on it, you know, sooner than later. Because if I had done it sooner than later, my my VA resources were a little bit easier. At my, it would have been more at my disposal. I, I was I was you know stationed. I was on a base. I had I had all the assets that I needed. I could have went and done and talked to my medical providers. But because I waited towards the back end, it was a little more difficult. But it's like you said, it was not. It was a scary process, and I, I, I'll admit it, it was it was kind of a terrifying process because I'm not, I'm not the brightest bulb in the shed probably, so it, it just it seemed overwhelming because when you start talking about the VA and these websites and you got to upload your medical records, it's like holy shit. So, but it wasn't it wasn't it was it was really pretty pretty relatively easy. And they, they answered their phone number, so even though I didn't have a VA rep, anytime I've ever called that VA one eight hundred that their number. Man, they the Viz number. Yes. Yep. They answer, man. They pick up. They'll they'll walk you through it. They'll 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 explain you what your benefits look like or what you're waiting on. Even the website itself, you can click on it, see exactly where your shit is in the process. Like every yeah, bit see, of it. You know, here here's the other part though. I think the biggest thing about it is uh, for a lot of veterans out there are probably in my category, right? And and talking to you after we we linked, do we always link up? all the time no matter what happens right like there's always been a connection there but linking up with you again and then talking to a couple other guys and you know 
my my wife Becky, my wife, she's just like, you need to fucking submit that thing. Like, what are you like? What are you waiting on? Right? Like, you need to submit it. So I was like, okay. But the, the biggest thing in my mind here, here's where it comes for me, and this is why I didn't initially. And th and you're part of the the realm of like helping me figure that piece out, right? And I was yeah. like, I I never never went to medical. I didn't go to get checked for a lot of stuff. I didn't go to the doctor. And we're like, dude, listen, you put down there what you got, and they're going to send you to a doctor to talk to you about it. And, and they're going to determine if it's there or not. And so when I went through the application, I'm looking at it. I'm like, <laughs> got all my medical records from being in the military, and I honestly did not go to the doctor. I did PHAs on the bases. That's about yeah. the extent of medical visits, right? Because... I was also that guy that I didn't go to the doctor all the time because, you know, it's just perception. Anyway. Right. So I was looking through it and I was like, okay, I actually can write what's wrong. Give us a 200 word description. Even if you've put your medical record in there about what your problem is, why you feel that way, you can't explain everything in 200 words. And I started to see what you were telling me. I was like, they're going to have to bring me in to look at everything like there's no yeah. way and so that's the piece if you have no patience and you think everything should go pretty quick then you're going to get frustrated during this but if you really want what you feel that you've earned or you you deserve you're just going to have to go ahead and hurry up and wait everybody knows what that means nobody likes it but you're going to have to do it and so i'm just i'm kind of on that waiting game right and for me it's at my own fault this is my fault right right i hear a lot of people when they say they don't file for benefits or, or things like that, they're always looking for somebody to blame, man. It's nobody. It's your fault. Like, again, I didn't know that I could go to college while I was in the Navy all the time. I didn't know it was just a request that I had to fill out. And we would ask junior sailors all the time, like, who told you that? Which, which recruiter that has a 2.0 eval average or has been to captain's mass or just doesn't qualify for the, the – the, the, the parameters of the command told you it's never going to work because you always hear it from the bad guy. You never ask your chief and say, hey, I want to go to school. How do I do it? Like, oh, it's easy. And I, I it used to, it, it amazes and it's like that after. Like, you just got to be able to find it. You know what I mean? And, you know, it, it's, it's, that, it's that piece of transition where you're really nervous, right? You go out to do this disability thing and you're like, man, I don't feel the same. <laughs> you know what though? You know, I always the other part is I'm sure there's a bunch of guys out there that are on the fucking fence, and they're like, "Oh, I, I don't like kind of like you. Like, I don't want it. It's almost, a, and it's a pride thing too. Like, you know, you, you know, people sit back and say, "Well, I didn't really. I did a, I did a couple of deployments, or I didn't do this, or I haven't been into combat, so I don't have this." Like, people start self-diagnosing themselves for what they don't have. Motherfucker, you ain't a doctor either. Like, you're yeah. right. You can do this, but you're also not a doctor, so you don't really know. The ramifications. So I would tell anybody who's who's on the fence, look, bro, it's not about you long term because you don't know the ramifications of what we've all all the PT and running. And not everybody's like like us. Like, okay, you didn't go into combat. I, I've got direct combat operation and combat action stuff from Iraq. That isn't that's not the only medical stuff that they looked at. So it, it doesn't matter if I didn't have that. It wouldn't matter if I never yeah. went to went in, in, into combat and, and did any of that, it was still wouldn't matter because they look over the course of your, from the day you went to boot camp to the day you get out, they look at your stuff and 
the benefit is to your family if you're married, even if you're not. Like I know that if something happens to me, my wife gets you know all gets all this and, and it, it, it takes care of your family. So if you're on the fence, don't be a knucklehead. You served your country. They took everything they can from you, and that's just kind of how it works. It's the military. They they want yeah, what I they mean, want. Now it's time for you to get back and, and not really get back at him because I love my time in the military and I have nothing negative. I, I have a bunch of fucking negative shit to say, but not, not about events or situations, but overall it was yeah. great. And they've given me the opportunity to, like you said, go through this process, take a look at the process and, and, and they make it easy. And there are resources out there. I'm just too stupid and stubborn to like, eh, let me go knock on somebody's door, you know? Well, I don't think it's stupid and stubborn. I think that after hearing that you talked to Gary and then you did what you did and now I'm doing it, like 100%, those people that are reach out to these veterans from law offices going, hey, we're going to help you get your disability claim. And we won't get paid unless you get paid. But here's the thing. All you veterans out there, you you need to hear this one and hear it pretty good. Once you get your disability rating, in most cases most cases, not all of them, but most of them, they're going to retroact your disability back to the day that you either separated or if you're not 100% or whatever percentage you are, you refiled, right? And let's say five years later, you went from 50 to 100. So you're going to go back five years. You're going to get back paid five years to what that percentage is, right? That's why the lawyer wants to work with you because you get 30% of two, three, four years of 100% disability, the veteran's going to get a very nice paycheck back to what they had. But that lawyer, that all they did was exactly what you and I did. Click, 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 submit. Oh, hey, they called me. You need to go to this doctor's appointment. Well, they're going to call your phone anyway. There is no legal that you need to do. If anybody ever tells you that they're going to charge you to help you get a benefit, like you shouldn't even do that. Like you don't need to pay for that. No. And if you wanted, and if you wanted somebody to help you free, all you have to do is walk into a local VFW post and ask for the service officer, because the service officer is trained to help you do that if you want the help. A lot of the older guys will take that route, right? Because I mean, Dang, they don't want to mess with computers. And let's be fair, right? Like they don't trust computers. But all no. of the younger generation of guys that we're in now, like it's it's just filing it now again. I'm telling you, I think it's easy. I'm going through it. You've already gone through it. You think it's easy. So don't take what we're saying as the absolute truth. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to hit a roadblock that you didn't hit as I'm going through it. That doesn't mean that somebody else may have another roadblock. I'm not telling you it's perfect. But what I'm telling you is if you want to get it done, you can. That's the basics of it. It's not necessarily about, like you said, you even though that's what's going to help take care of you, right? It just, it, it is what it is, but it's easy to do. You should just do it. Oh yeah. I mean, I, and I, and I don't regret doing it. I mean, I'll I tell you what, it, looking back, man, it's great. Like I, it, it, the, the stress I had when I first got out, cause I was, man, I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, bro, this, this is the worst decision I've ever made. Like I almost was like, is there any way that I can get back in? Like, what did I do? Like I was, yeah, yeah. but financially and just, you know, even mentally, just the mental side of getting out, like, you know, everything was self-induced, bro. I was like, oh, shit, what do I do? What do I do with my hands? You know, it was like, yeah. I went, and now it's, man, now it's like, yeah, <laughs> now it's the easy life, bro. I mean, it's, now it's like you wake up. I already wake up in piss excellence. I mean, you've already, you've already noted that. 
Um, yeah. But you wake up now, you're like, man, at the end of the day, I just made whatever my benefit is monetarily, which it's not all about that. But when you get to you know our stage, it is because I got family to take care of. But yeah, for sure. No, I mean, I made. Well, that I think. Get up out of the difference. Fight. Well, the difference we talked about it, man. You go from. You go from being in a position where you started at nothing, right? Let's yep. let's just you start at nothing. You're, you want you're, you're an easy okay. row. You don't matter. You're learning this new thing. You're leaving home for the first time in most cases. And I don't even care if you were a kid that had a military parent because I did. It's still different. You. It's, it's different. different. Yeah, it's because you you did too. Both of our yep. parents were in the military, but it's still 20 different. So now you go in and learn. You can follow directions pretty good, so that works out all right. And then you you start to build, and so you start to do your job. You're good at that, and then eventually, right, things kind of click, and then you start to be given responsibility because people see your potential or whatever. And so, like you and I, you grow into that role where now you're leading people and working with people every day. And you're in your in my mind, I was making a difference, right? Making a difference. You know what? I'm glad you said, man. You know what? Though, you know what's fucked up, though, bro. And I look back at my, over the, my last couple of years in the Navy, and it's like you said, we we do make a difference. But where I know I failed as a leader is I had serve, I had sailors and, and and shipmates and Marines that I knew that were transitioning out. They did their four years, their five years, whatever, and they were getting out. And I did a, a horrible, piss poor job of educate helping to educate them and myself on the benefits after and what to do when you get out and, and how this process works. It's crazy. So that's part of it, right? Did you do them a disservice? Let's be honest. Did you? Oh yeah. You didn't even know Absolutely. yourself. Well, you I, well I know that's my problem. You that's what I'm saying. It up. But yes. at, the, at the moment you have to really think about that in the moment you're, it, it, it's mission critical, no matter what you were doing in, whether you were downrange, whether you were in recruiting, like we were, you're on a boat, you're in the Air Force Base, it doesn't matter. Mission essential. You're, you're, you're focused yeah. on the mission. You do want to help them get out. So I know you asked them, like, what do you plan on doing? Are you sure you have a plan for when you get out? Those discussions. Because I was in the process. Right? No, you had to figure it out later. And that's what I mean by the military in general could do a better right. job at their mid-level management, which is your senior enlisted. When we go to these leadership classes, it should not always be about how to win a war. Maybe they should be teaching you how to manage benefits for people when they're getting out. Prepare them for the outside of it, which then in turn prepares you for the outside of it. There should be a way where they can teach that, but they don't. They don't teach it. No, I think about all the bullshit classes they send you to anyway. You're like, I'll never use this. It was a free vacation, bro. Thank you. Give me another class that is damn irrelevant to yeah. talk. You shouldn't drink and drive. It's bad for you. Oh, yeah. But, I didn't know that. Thanks. But it, it definitely helps to, uh, you know, like, like, you know, the podcast like like this one. And there's a, there's other yep. resources. But man, reach out to to another veteran. Like you said, the VFW, the American Legion, there are so many organizations that you just make a phone call and they will walk you step by step. It, it is definitely easier than, than, I, than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, not only that, you have the DAV and then you have um, the Wounded Warrior Project. You have uh, the Lone Survivor Foundation. Like those are big ones nationwide. But in your local communities, you probably have nonprofits that are out there. You just don't know about them. And the reason you don't know about them is because like I equated myself this way when I first got out. Right. I got out and I had that transition like you did. I get out. 
I'm not leading people. I, I don't have like a structure every day, right? So now you, have I'm out, you don't have a purpose. There's like, where's my purpose well, now? I, it, well, you're trying to find it. And yeah, like, like you, I, I drank the Kool-Aid, bro. Like I drank the whole jug. Like, oh, bro, you helped mix it probably. Me and you were mixing it. We were in the back sure. making the Kool-Aid. I don't, I totally mixed it. I don't need to worry about, uh, that people are, people are going to beg me to come work for them. So then I get out and I'm like, holy crap. Nobody wants me to come work for them. I've written resume. I do the, the thing that got me the most that made me spiral down is like, you mean I have to rewrite my resume for every single job I apply to? Like I talk to people that are veterans or people that were job experts and they're like, you need to rewrite your resume towards that job. I'm like, yeah, but all the yes. jobs have the same qualifications. Yeah, but that company's language might be different than that one's. And I'm like, well, how the heck do I know that? How do I know how company A talks versus company B talks? And I don't I'm like, so I would rewrite my resume. I'm looking at that. Dude, I spent more time writing resumes and trying to figure it out. That was harder to figure out for me than writing an eval. Oh, dude, I played you That was your thing. Dude, hey, I plagiarized your resume, Gary's resume, Jerry's resume. Yeah. Bro, I had so many. I was calling people like that had retired 10 years ago. Hey, bro, send me your resume because yeah. it, it, it got so bad for me, bro. I was like, you know what? I've got my combat experience. I was with, I was with the, the, the CERT team, the TMT team when I was in the CBS. I was like, you know what? I'll go do private security, bro. I got a job at Brinks as an armored <laughs> driver. Like in my head, I'm thinking I'm about to be I'm about to be the tip of the spear again. Here we go, bro. I was an armored tractor making. Dude, I, I didn't even make it through. I, I made it through the interview. I got hired. They called me. It's like we're gonna pay you fourteen dollars an hour to work eighty hours a week, riding driving around this armored car. And I was like, what? You know what? You do? Do you know who the? You know who the fuck I am? Yeah. They're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But dude, it was crazy. Like, and, and even 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 Brinks. Even Brinks wanted a damn resume. And I was like, oh, I got that one. They look at my resume like, all right, congratulations, you're hired. Here's $14 an hour. I was like, well, how much? So I'm doing the math. I'll do math real well. I was trying to carry to one and shit. Like, hold on, how much am I going to Oh, my family about to, we about to starve in this motherfucker. Yeah, but so, and, but that's the other part, right? Is you're trying to get through all of that and you're trying to make sure that, you know, and, and, and a lot of it is like, I know there was like three or four times for me that uh, I would just go, you know what? Why did I waste all that time? Yeah, bro. Why yeah. did I? Why did I stay for so long? I mean, I, and I, I love my time in the military. I am extremely proud to have done oh, it. Absolutely. Can you tell? Can you tell? Yes, I So I'm proud, but there were times when I got out that I was like, oh my goodness, man, like. When I was going to get out at 10, I should have done it. You know, but yeah. then like, if you do 10, you got to do 20. And then like, yeah. oh, I got to do 20. And then I'm just like, man, now I'm this old, starting over. So now I got to figure it out again. And I'm not young anymore, you know. And then there's, there, there's portions of that that suck because your family doesn't understand that a little bit. They understand yeah. that there's transition. And, and to be it's, fair, they can see the transition. They can see you transitioning. They can see there's a difference, but it's almost impossible to explain. You know what you did? But you know what, Matt? You did it right to a, to a certain degree when it came to like making sure you got your education. See, I, I, I totally, I didn't, 
I did everything the ass backwards and what like I told people to do. Like I, I pushed my guys, go to school, like get your degree, do the TSP. I didn't do any, yeah. I didn't do any of that shit. Really? I was like, yeah, you do this. It's good for you. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. And now Let's I'm like, be honest, as as their as their boss, why'd they go to school? I gotta yeah. get to that EP, dude. You gotta get promoted. If you're in school, you'll get a better eval. Not yeah, thinking really. like, oh, it's you should probably go get an education because it's good for you. Uh, yeah. I want you to get sailor of the year. The dude last year went to college, right? We're trying to find the you're trying to find the thing that gives you the competitive oh, advantage. Oh, and I'm pretty sure I went to every college that anybody was like, Hey dude, go to this school. I'm like, that's I went to like 12 colleges in the Navy, never got a degree. I probably got 9,000 college. I'm probably like the summa cum laude of every online university ever because I was like, you're I'm the, taking you're, you're the military Van Wilder, bro. Bro, I am. I, I was in school from like, like, take, and it, they, here's what happened, bro. They'd be like, all right, you got to take a college level math class. I'm like, oh shit, I can't cheat. Can't, I can't cheat my way out of this one. Let me just drop this school. Let me find a school that doesn't want me to go. To you know, let me find a school that doesn't require me to take math to get a degree. Yeah, it's not out there. Let me find me a liberal arts university where I can, you know. Yeah. But no, man, it's, it, and it is. It's fun, it's funny because I didn't think about my family as much as like when I first got out. I was like, I was stressed the fuck out. Like I was yeah. like, oh god. But it, it, they can see it too because like you know my I, I get my wife that compounds to them too, right? Like that hits them. Jobs. They see yeah. it. And then I'm projecting it. It's horrible, dude. And I'm 100% out front to all of it. It's still hard today. It just is. Like, there is a difference, man. Now, I will tell you that it's going to get better because I think that every veteran out there should understand, like, to help you be back into a mindset that you were, in my opinion, is not about where you work or how much money you make. Nope. 100% about probably the organizations or the things that you get involved with. Yes. So one thing that we've done that I feel like has helped me a lot is my wife is the most creative person on the planet, period. She should have married you. She she doesn't even, you you married way up, bro. She she hasn't caught on yet, but bro, she's out of your league. I hope she never figures it out. I hope she doesn't either. She we, did a long time ago. She's probably like, we'll be living, in a, can't, yeah. we'll be living had, in a one bedroom together. Yeah, she had an idea one night. We were watching a movie, and me and Cole, like, what did we do? Fell asleep, right? <laughs> and so she just, like, you know, she started, like, drawing. Becky can do art. And, and when the pandemic hit, right, being laid off, and she's like, oh, I'm going to do art again. And she told me for years in marriage, like, I can draw and I can paint. I've done a lot of things. I'm like, oh, okay. I got paintings in the other room. I'm like, what the heck? What? Why are you not a professional artist? Like, what's going on here? She's just like, I just like to do it. Because in her mind, like, the pressure of having to deliver all the, like, she just likes to, like, like to do it. She's very creative, though. So she drew this picture, not the one I'm wearing, but one got your six, and then it said culture. And we G O T U R the number yeah. six I X to make it a little bit different, and then put culture below it. And then the next morning, Cole and I wake up, and she like pulls this sketch pad out. And she goes, "Would you guys wear that on a t-shirt?" And I was like, "Hell yeah, I'd wear it on a t-shirt." And Cole's like, "Uh, absolutely." You know, he's seventeen at the time, eighteen. Like he's like, "Yep, I'd wear it." So then she's like, "We should start a t-shirt company." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> right. So I thought about it for a minute. I'm like, man, people would love those shirts, right? Yeah. So what do we do? We went and bought all the shit, all of it. 
everything to do screen printing, screens, like all of it, dude. Like we are 100% at this moment, <laughs> small business American made. Like my garage is where totally. we do this. And, totally well, and I found going in there and doing that, dude, you pass so much time doing that, right? And, you know, there's ups and downs and trying to figure it out and how does it work? But while we're doing that, and especially when we do it together, like I'm in there doing the part where the ink goes on the shirt and she does the part to cure it and we're in there like that. And, you know, there's times where I see, uh, like you just look up, the radio's going and you see just over in the corner, <laughs> like dancing and you're like, it's relaxed, man. Like there's no, there's no other care except for what's right there. So for us, that's our opportunity to give back, which I don't think a lot of people kind of think about that. I got it. Thank me for my service. I appreciate it for sure. But I want to give back as well. And so our idea was how many shirts do you see for military guys? Right. Oh, there's a after oh, company. We'll play to that. You name it, bro. They, they've already marketed that and they've, you know, that's, yeah. that's they cornered that market. As it should be. Right. As it should be. But her whole thing going forward from that, and I know that April's done the same thing, is like doing coding, right? Becky's yeah. been in the medical coding and now she's an auditor and she's worked in the medical field for 20 years. Yeah. She's seen the charts. She knows what these doctors and nurses go through and, you know, different things like that. Becky's family on her mom's side. Uh, there's quite a few police officers in there. We've got relatives that fire firefighters. We got relatives that have done dispatching. So all those first responder categories, she was like, but how much do you see for them? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, we created the flag on the sleeve. That's the first responder flag. You know, we've got our trademark at the bottom, same flag, same oath, just meaning that whether you're a first responder or a military guy, right? Everybody takes an oath to defend their country or their community, period. That's what it is. But they're all on the same team. So we made designs to celebrate first responders also. And so doing that, we've been able to meet people at the VFW. I met this organization in where I live in Houston called Project Zero. Their whole mission is to deliver the opportunity and the ability for first responders and veterans to get mental health counseling and help if they need it. And they do that through pro bono kind of mental health counseling where you can talk to a, a, a counselor. And then they also have it to where they go on excursions, right? They go on fishing trips, they go on camping trips, they go on Jeep tracks, just so that you know veterans can get around veterans. And so I was talking to this guy the other day and we kind of brought up, he brought up how they do it and then he brought up how other organizations that he had been a part of that did it in the past and why, you know, his name is Kyle, why he started his. And we were, I, I, I kind of told him, I was like, you know, what you're doing makes tons of sense. Because most veterans that go get help, they're being told that there's something wrong that you need to right. fix, right? There's something wrong. You need to fix it. You need to get help, whatever. Do these things. They're always being told what is wrong with them, right? I said, but you put veterans around each other and then you just let them go and she knows you know the same yeah, thing gonna, in the military dude i was gonna say the same thing what the one the one thing that therapy, really, dude. well yeah when what really i think helped me even through the the transition process and all that craziness was i would i would reach out to 
you know, brothers and sisters in arms, like guys like you, um, my buddy Lonnie Martinez, we, we stay pretty close even after, after we, we left uh, our cert team. We, we, you know, we talk all the time, but staying connected to the military community in some, I don't know, some aspect, like whether it's just a phone, me just calling you bullshitting or having a cold beer in Minot, North Dakota, yeah, you know, whatever. Why it, not? It, 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 why not, baby? It, you know, it helps. It really does to be able to call and talk to somebody who's having the same frustrations. Because, you know, I, my family, they, they under, they'll listen. But, you know, yeah. it's, you know, it's the same thing. But as far as the mental health side goes, bro, it's the resources are there. I tell people all the time, even now, I, I, when people ask me, I'm like, dude, like, it ain't normal to act the way we act sometimes or to, it's hard for us to understand what we're going through. So it helps. Like, well, but that's like... Title. That's his, uh, that's kind of his, his, his program. You know what I mean? Yeah. He puts them all together. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we, we kind of cut out, but I, I'll tell you what you, Inky, uh, Wi-Fi bro. I think I'm like, no, still, I gotta, gotta, like, you gotta pay the bill, dude. I'm still in the neighbor's cable. The neighbor's. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. You got to pay the bill or stop stealing. I mean, yeah, I'm not doing either one. So, you know, so like, uh, but that's what I was kind of explaining. Like you were just saying is like being around those people and getting around and staying in touch. That's kind of his, his program and how they work. Right. And you can get, I mean, you said it very key just now. Like there, sometimes we don't like the way we act. People shouldn't act. No, I think, but, in a world we live in today, is that true? Nah, probably not. I mean, it, but because everybody acts completely different, so you don't understand how we act. That's the problem. The biggest deal that I have with that, and I'm I'm glad you brought it up. Let's talk about it. I, the biggest problem I have is that okay, for everything that's out in the world, and we're not going to get into all of that, but for all these other things that happen in pockets, I have to be willing to accept that that's how you handle things. But the way that I handle them. And what I say, now I have a problem. Like there's something wrong with me, but there's nothing wrong with you. No. So I have to accept that. And so that's why I like Kyle's program is you get a whole bunch of veterans around each other and we're out on a campfire, we're on a Jeep trail, we're fishing, like they do shark catching, they do all kinds of stuff. And it's like, hey, what's up, man? What'd you do? Oh, you were in here? Oh, that was me. And then before you know it, telling stories, talking shit. And then and at some point, one of those people may be like, you know, I'm having these problems and they're, they're, they're telling me their problems. And the best thing about military guys, other military guys, they'll be like, stop complaining, dude. Just deal with it. Like, you'll be okay. And a lot of times when I was talking to Kyle, I was like, that's, as veterans, sometimes we, we're very direct like that. Like, we'll, we'll tell each other, you need to get it figured out. Get the fuck up. We'll tell you real quick. Like, hey. Yeah, and that helps. Whereas everybody else is like, medication do this there's a problem you have to fix that whereas we're just being like dude really is that really that big a deal like figure it out you know and and you have that peer counseling i guess is you know it's it's peer medication so it works pretty good and so that's what i mean by like coming from where i was before and and transitioning out and trying to kind of figure it out is being able to be a part of those organizations and help them has helped me get back around, I guess you'd call it my tribe and my community. And now I'm, I'm starting to see the picture and feel like I did in the tail end of being in the military, right? As a chief, 
you were there to take care of people and help them if they had, you know, and that was the thing. I got out and then like the next week I didn't have 50 problems to solve. And I was like, Jesus, dude, I ain't got nothing to do. Well, now you can help with these organizations. Oh, you know, that became long that became, is get involved. And that became a problem for, for us too. When you get out and you're like, I don't have all these fires to put out and all these people's problems to fix. You're like, oh shit, now I got another problem. Like, oh God. But you know what the key there, Al, is? I didn't have to solve everybody else's problems, but you know what came to the surface? All your own. All of my problems. And now <laughs> I'm like, man, am I really that messed up? Yeah. It's like, I was really good at helping you. I'm really good over there, but I'm not good right here. And so that you got to figure out. Yeah, we're really good at helping uh, helping others, man. We're not so great about helping ourselves. Like that, That's what I mean. Because we've been trained and taught for years to just back burner all your shit, push it away. It's not important. It didn't come in your fucking sea bag. It ain't important. It ain't important. It ain't important. And then all of a sudden you're out of the Navy, you're out of the Army or the Marine Corps, and all of a sudden you're like, whew, it's a problem. <laughs> now I need yeah, to figure sure. out. How do I that's what I'm saying. Find an organization and get involved, right? You find an organization and get involved. That means that now you're a part of something once again bigger than you, right? Yep. And there, just by nature, people have problems. But the cool part is like being able to know these people and, and be around them, right? Like we're going to do a, a golf tournament in September here in Katy, Texas, in Houston area. And everything that we raise in that golf tournament, everything is going to Project Zero because we want to make sure that they have money in reserve to pay for the psychologists and psychiatrists that offer mental health counseling to these veterans and first responders. We want to make sure there's money there so that if they're trying to take a trip for somebody or a group of veterans because they need that for whatever it is to go camping, to go fishing, we want to make sure we give them the ability to offer that to those veterans. And well, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to start my own program and I've got a really good, I just got to get it all on paper, but I'm going to think I'm going to start hand jobs for heroes and I'm going to travel around and I'm just going to take care of people, bro. I'm gonna like, look, you're having a stressful day. Got you. Got you. Um, and you shake your their phone. hand. They're like, wait a minute, I thought it was a different kind of hand job. No, 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 I'm shaking your hand. It's going to be all right. What do you think this was? The second, that's, the, that's the second phase of, my, of what would be what I do would be the official the official uh, rub and tugs for uh, veterans. I got it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think I think people, it's, it's, it's 100% you got to get involved. And if you don't, you now will become the people that we used to mentor in the navy right or the people that we used to help get from being worst to first you know like we used to tell people all the time if you don't have a suggestion or you're not willing to help then you are part of the problem not the solution right Right. we're part of the problem right now if all we do is complain we don't do anything to make it better so we're turning into that person that we used to say wasn't effective you know what i mean but really, yeah, you're, I mean, you're right. If you ain't, if if you ain't all in, then then you're all out. There's no middle ground with us. I mean, you you, you either are driving forward or you're standing still. Like there's, you know, obviously we ain't. But the the fact of the matter is, you are part of the problem. If you if you're sitting around bitching about how you were screwed over by the military and how everybody's shit all over you, but you're not doing anything, you're just standing there. Like eventually, you'll if you move forward, you'll get out of the shit. Like you can stand there and, and suck it up if you want. But if you just keep marching forward and you find something that, that you, you're passionate about, you love to do, then fucking go do it. 
Shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah. Sure. Oh, see, I think that's the key. You know, you said you jumped around from job to job to job. So take 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 our time and service together, you and I. Yep. I was more of a connector, right? Yep. I was a connector. I like to lead that effort. I like to connect it, and I like to get the whole thing moving, right? Whereas yep. you were the you were the damn door kicker. Like, it's time to go get it done. We're going to go get it done right now. I'm going to make sure we get it done, and I promise you it will be done right. So you were the executor, right? And I tended to be that connector and plan and get everything moving. So for me, getting out, that's why I think it was so hard for me. There was not much to connect. I didn't have that experience. If I would have known more coming out that I did now, like even now, right? Oh, I'm right where I need to be. I do real estate. I do this t-shirt company. This podcast, dude, is like, this thing's fun. I like doing this. I've met a lot of people doing this and a lot of different people, not just military people, but of all right. kinds of backgrounds. I talked to um, a, a lady that she did, uh, I know that maybe April probably knows, but you know, you can get your eyelashes done, right? Yeah. Like that's a big deal. Well, she owned one of those places. COVID came and she was in like Los Angeles, California on like the strip, you know, like she was in a place where it was very expensive to be there and she had very expensive people that she did work for shut down. Yeah. Can't do nothing. She, she was, the, so she invented a light for that industry and then didn't never have to go back to doing the eyelashes and sold the business. I was like, what? She goes, I was scared, but there was no better time to try than now. Right? I've had this idea forever. I want to do it. And so I've talked to a ton of people and I like talking to people that like they're entrepreneurs. They've gone out and they started businesses or they're veterans that have done different things because my whole message on what I like to portray for this, if I'm not talking to people about their transition or my buddies and we're talking trash, is showing people that the American dream is still prevalent. Even, even if you're 40, 50 years old getting out of the military, if you think it's possible and you have a dream, all you got to do is follow it, right? And it's going to take work, though. You're going to get roadblocks. You are going to have to be the guy that starts at the bottom. I know it's hard to do that because you haven't been there in a long time. But we went through a process to be who we were coming out of the military to learn that you need to humble yourself, you need to work with humility, and you need to, you know, let your walls down and understand that failure is going to happen. And so I, I really look back a little disappointed in myself sometimes in my transition out of the military because I was more prepared to get out than I thought. I, I didn't get prepared well, but I did. You know what I mean? Oh, Does it yeah. make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, it hands down. I mean, you talk about failure, bro. That's, I'll tell you what, I, even now, like I, I like, I mean, I don't say I like it cause I'm, I like to win, but I embrace failure, man. It's, I learned more from failure and more from all the stupid shit I've done than any of the things that I've just been naturally great at, or I'm just super successful at doing this thing. When I fail at something, man, I really grow and develop as a, yeah. as a, as a father. Shit, I got fucking so many kids. It's probably part of my problem. I didn't do so long. I don't know how to stop having those little bastards, but yeah, here we are. But no time, bro. Yeah, I don't have a failure at having those sons of bitches, but no, at the end of the day, man, it's been great. There's like, one thing I'm good at. One thing I'm good at, it's not pulling out. So, I mean, that, that's, that is always a good thing. I, I've, I've, yeah, I didn't learn that message, so. 
Yeah, no. But, but no, I mean it's it's true, right? Like you can you can do anything you want to do, but the failure part of it, I think, um, that's where you grow. For us, but it's it is harder for you to keep that lesson out because if you were really good at what you did and to to be in the one percent club, that's what they call it. If you're a senior chief, you're in the the one percent or the three percent, whatever they call it. But there's like very few people that ever get to that level in the Navy. Yep. And if you've gotten to that level for the last part that you're in, yeah. you're not really told no. Yeah. You don't really feel failure. Now you see people with failure and you go handle that situation yeah. so they can improve, but the failure is never really, really yeah. on you. And so no. now you get out, and that's what kind of messed me up too, is like, I apply to this job. Nope. This one. Nope. This one. Nope. Or my favorite. I go in and do the interview and get told I'm overqualified. Oh, and I'm no. like, what? They're like, yeah, you're just a little overqualified. Yeah, and I was better to see a pattern. Dude, I went to a, I went to a freaking, I don't remember the, the place, but it was like a medical and they, they were, they were, is recruiting essentially for like nurses and like their medical staff, not doctors, but like their medical staff. Mm-hmm. And they sat there and I almost like begged this guy because he was like, well, I mean, your resume is impressive. Like, but I think you're overqualified. I was like, look, dude, like I hear what you're saying, but I, I'm not asking for a lot of money. Like, I just need a job, dude. Like, this is what I do. And he was, they were still like, you're overqualified. Yeah. I'm myself, are you, are you shitting me right now? Like, yeah, but there's a problem for that, right? And we're not a problem, but there's a solution to that. And there's like a, a common denominator. I've talked about it a lot and this is just how I feel. Right. And I might be wrong, but I don't think I've been proven wrong yet. Okay. I'm doing the interview with the hiring manager and the hiring manager asks me a whole bunch of questions. And every single time it got to a leadership scenario for like managing people or working with people or even working with coworkers. And they ask me coworkers I rate or whatever, they're difficult to work with. I ask that question now when I talk to people about a job. And I'm like, how would you handle it? I was always like, well, I would just go up to the person and kind of ask them like, hey, is everything okay? Are you okay? Everything okay at home? I would immediately go Navy chief, 100%. Health and welfare of the person first, making sure that their family's okay, and then we'll go into what the performance on the job is. First, we got to make sure there's no underlying issues. But every time those people, it's like they'd be like, yeah, your answer was good, but like they're not performing good. And I'm like, Okay, I'm starting to figure it out. You guys don't give a shit about people. <laughs> you no. just want the job done. And but because of my answer that I'm gonna kinda go people first, but I'd still get the job done, I think a lot of those hiring managers on military guys are like, shit, man, this guy's gonna replace me in no time at all and take my job. But what I don't think those managers realize or I hope they need to start understanding is like, dude, I don't want your job. No. Do you not realize that I've had to be in charge of and do what you're afraid I'm going to take from you for a long time. I am 100% okay with coming in and being a contributing member to the team, right? Yep. If in 10 years or whatever, I've ascended the ladder, that's fine, but I'm not coming in. I didn't apply to be your boss. I applied to work for you for a reason, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like if I wanted to be over you, I would have applied for a position that would have put me in that direct leadership role, which is what I was doing right when I got out. I was applying for the top of the line and I was like, Jesus, dude, like I'm not even qualified to do that. And it just, 
you would find the jobs that match and, and it just wouldn't be there. And so I think that, you know, being overqualified is the, the phrase that I, I hate the absolute most, which is why in the job that, that we do now, I don't look for people to tell them they're overqualified, right? I will still send them to the people whether I think they're overqualified because to your point that you just said about the other one, especially in the world we live in today, people, some people just need a job, man. Yeah, bro. They need to provide for their family, just like we're trying to do. And so there's a lot of times <laughs> you'll hear people come back and go, yeah, I just don't like the way you answer questions. What do you mean by that? Like, you don't like the way you like his accent? Like, you asked, is the sky blue? And he told you technically it's not for some science thing. Like, what do you mean you don't like the way he answered right. questions? Was he cursing you out? Was he disrespectful? And it's always like they can't give you an answer, right? So then it makes me wonder, like, are you even, like, interviewing this dude? Did you even talk to this person, you know? Dude, it, the civilian world is it's just, it's a, it's, a, they're, it's a weird world. I, hate, I mean, I'm not knocking the civilian world, but they're, they're weird, bro. It's a weird world. Oh, I'm happy thing. I'm in it. Let's be honest. I'm happy I'm there. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's because it's a weird I see now that I've kind of slowed down and stopped like stopped hanging out at the pity party let's be honest i stopped hanging out there because it was just a drag and i didn't feel like it was for me um and now i'm trying to look forward to to keep that head up and keep pushing forward and that's why i'm trying to go into so many different things not because i'm trying to stretch myself thin but i feel like everything i'm doing right now leads into another thing and they all will work together right so I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm moving forward. And the reason that I got away from that is because as long as I can offer what I can offer, there's opportunity here for me to do something to make a difference in any sector that we're in. You know, we've talked about it a couple times. You know, there is a ton of military guys out there doing leadership development. It's really funny that you wouldn't hire me to work in your HR. But a year later, I've started a company in leadership development where I train and, and, and help first-line management leaders and executives just handle problems from a more direct vision point or just with a different leadership style. And you hired me to come teach your company how to lead, but I wasn't good enough to work there. Like, what are you talking about, right? Yeah. And I guarantee you it happens all the time. It happens all the time. Because now that I'm a consultant, I'm not a threat. That's the deal. I'm coming in to help you now. I'm paying you to help me. So now I, we can work together. So now I can bring you in. And I think that happens more often than not. And so oh, that's dude. why I'm looking now like, man, maybe there's a oh, yeah. another. When I was on active duty, when, when we were active duty and I was at the schoolhouse, um, I remember going up to a civilian company that does – pretty much work for the Navy. Like they run the call center essentially. And I remember going up there from the schoolhouse and training and teaching these people how to do sales and, and how to do things the way we do it. And I taught their entire civilian staff what to do, like how to do it, made it more successful. We did that. And then when I retired, they hired me on as a call center operator. Like it was insane. I'm thinking, oh, I taught people exactly. Like it was, that was the first, that was, and, and there were, and I, I I'm not bashing them because they were really, they took care of me. They're, they're a bunch of military vets, but and then phenomenal company. But they brought me in and I'm thinking, I taught you people all of this. Like, I'm not you interviewed me and I taught you how to do this job. 
yeah. You know, like, you know, we can bring you in as a work at the call center. I'm thinking, wait a minute. What? Training time out, you dumb bitch. Yeah, but, you know, the, the other thing that I've learned in the civilian world, which is a valuable lesson to be to, to be out front there, there's a valuable lesson to be learned is, like, you have to look at the business sense and everything, right? So there is a part where, like, you're just too expensive. I can't oh, yeah. afford. I can't afford to put you where I want to put you. What I need to do, and and so this here, here's the other way that that works. I need to bring you in here, so that I can let everybody else see what I know, and then help you move up. But the problem with that is a lot of guys they just feel they're too good for that. They don't want to do it. Oh no! I'm on the opposite end, I kind of have a couple of other things that I do that I really like to do. I should probably focus on one, but I don't. But I like to do a couple of other things. And so everything I do, it kind of rolls into each other. And so I've got a few things that work that have kind of helped me where I'm at. You know, my hope one day is that uh, I'm uh, doing this podcast full time and I own my own storefront where I sell our our products to the, the public. Like that's what we're working for in the future, right? If you need a guy who spins the sign, bro, I got you. I do that. Do we might need somebody to come in and be the, the operations guy, you know? I guess I'm telling you, man, like out for real. I am on a I'm on a journey right now where where I'm trying to build something in a brand and I'm trying to build something to a point where in the future if I if I get to the level that I want to be, right? And that's probably a very, very far fetched dream. But even if I can get half of what I think we can be. Dude, I'm hiring veterans. I'm hiring the people that I know that that make a difference, and the people I know that like have that motivation. I'm gonna hire the people that nobody else will, so that we can go change the world. You know, and it was almost. It's, it's funny because when I, you know, when I when I first got to April, was still working at the at the uh, prison, and I felt like I'm as it, it, and it sounds crazy, but and it's just a personal feeling. But when I first got out, and all the job interviews I went on, and like all the no's I got, like, no, no, overqualified. I felt like, man, I might as well have a felony because I felt like these prisoners that are getting out of prison, these dudes are getting out and they're going on interviews and they're like, nah, bro, you got a, you got a felony. I'm like, damn, damn, did my DD-214, maybe I need to reread that son of a bitch. Did it, did it say, did they, did they charge you with a felony on the way out the door? Because damn, like, it is crazy. I'm like, Jesus. If anybody was going to get hung up like that, it would have been you. Yeah, bro, I was thinking to myself, man, this 214, Maybe there's, I'm, I'm Googling this 214, a code for like uh, short ball headed retard. Like, I don't know what they put in my 214 that wasn't in yours, but I'm going to tell you. You all Viking after you got out of 82, so they were probably scared you had an axe in the trunk and shit, you know? I mean, let's be honest. I'm the, I'd be the world's short. I'd be like the, the short, I'd be like the shortest version of like the little midget on Game of Thrones. That'd be me in the Viking world. Like the little Viking with the little, I wouldn't even have a whole axe, a little hatchet. Like that's that's pretty much what I was. It'll be the world's smallest Viking. But bro, it was it was hilarious, man. I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, you're a veteran. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, man. Point one, boom, veteran. They're like, yeah, we're not looking for guys like you. I'm like, what? If if it was legal, I would have throat punched like 25 hiring managers. Like, like it was just crazy, bro. It was like, yeah, but here's the thing. You, you know, it's really funny. Is every one of those companies and and every company that I've worked for in the civilian world. They all have the, 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 the two magic questions. The first one is, are you a veteran? If you say yes, then you have to answer a question that asks if you are or are not a protected veteran. That doesn't matter. A lot of people think it matters. It doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter. Okay. They let you apply. They've they've hit the wicket. You know. I should have I mean? when they asked the question. I should have said, "Here's what I want to know. Am you going to give me this job? No. Then you're going to need protection. Because damn it, like it was, <laughs> man, it was it was sad, dude. I was like, you know what? I was to the point where I was like, it was like, I'm going to enlist in like a foreign, like the foot is the French foreign legion. I'm going to, Jean-Claude Van Damme did that shit back in like the eighties. I'm going to, man, I'm doing it, bro. I'm, you're going to go beg some school in your area to start a ROTC program. So you had a job. I'm going to do something. But, but let's be honest, Al, you couldn't do that. Now I have a degree. <laughs> Look, yeah. I've talked to a lot of people though. Like, so my brother, right? My brother's a retired chief and he was getting out. Uh, and I was talking to him because he moved back to Texas and he was asking about like jobs, right? I was like, I'll help you get a job. I can help you find a job. I can do that. Because at that point I had met some people, made some connections. There's jobs I didn't exactly like that I worked, but he would have done okay, right? So like, I can help you. I said, or, and now he, now granted, this dude had about a year left in the Navy when we were talking. And I said, or you could get your ROTC certificate and just be an ROTC instructor. Like it's the easiest transition for you because you know you're now a single dad. You got the kids. ROTC means you work school hours. You would do some weekends, but you know, for the most part, you can bring your kids with you to that. Right? They can be there because I don't have a degree. Now this is my brother, so I can do it. I was like, are you are you serious? Like you have nothing? He's like, no, nope, no degree. Like, do you not realize that all you have to have is an associate's degree, right? That's all you have to have, just an associate's to be able to be the instructor. I said, send your freaking college transcripts over to any college. It doesn't matter. Let them screen your transcript. Go take some BS classes and get a general studies degree. A good enough degree like a GED that doesn't matter. It doesn't have any kind of – and he was just like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, What? Like, come on, man. I said, that right there is is the other half of the problem, right? And he was, you know, and, and for him, I think it was, I think he was nervous to do that, right? And I, and I think he was nervous to do it because, you know, just in his mind, school, it's school's not his thing. Just a no. thing for you, all right? School's not your thing, dude. You're a doer and, and you'll learn it, but, you know, why do you need the paper? And you were saying earlier, I did things right and got a degree. We work in the same place, bro. You do realize that, right? Right. Yeah. You're so, smarter than me. That's all that means. But I, but I thought that's, you, you know, I thought that would help. Dude, I just got my freaking MBA. I don't know what that stands for, but it sounds pretty damn fancy. It's supposed to be, but it, I'm just I still get paid this, the same. Yeah. yeah. It, you know. No, I, well, now I mean now obviously it's it's we're in we're in a different world. Like I, I enjoy where we work. I enjoy what we do. Like it's I feel like I'm you know I'm helping people get the people the people that were telling me no now like oh you're overqualified now I'm the guy who can say nah I'm gonna send him up to the higher manager I'm gonna I'm gonna fight for this guy to get a position. So yeah. I definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. now I mean it's it's well, been, we can uh, make the difference. And I think too again just like we talked about earlier we're on a journey, dude. And on that journey, there's opportunities and, you know, can't get into none of those opportunities, right? Because there's a, there's a, there, there's a, a foundation that needs to be laid, which is about to get laid. And it, it will equal to being something massive, you know, like I got a buddy down here that's pretty, you know, high in the VFW, his name's Ty. Um, man, 
he's he is he is probably one of the most motivating and supportive people I've ever met. I mean that dude if he and and and, and what's what's ironic is he always seems to feel like what that good thing is to support, you know, he does a lot of stuff, but there's a lot of people that'll tell no because he looks at people to see kind of what their intention behind things are. And uh I mean he wants to help everybody, but he just, you know, he looks at it. But he he's the same like I I've, I've shown him stuff we're doing and he's always like we should do a marketing thing. I'm like, what? I don't know do marketing, dude. If I did, I'd be selling more t-shirts. And he's like, uh, no, no, we can do it. You just got to keep going. And like, and he's that guy that like, when I when I look at him, he makes me remember who I was in the Navy sometimes. Like, yeah. it's okay. We'll get it. No big deal. You just got to keep going. Yeah, we'll figure the fuck out. Yeah, I was always like that in the Navy. And then when I got out for a little bit because, you know, I got in my own way, I was like, oh, I suck and I'm not good and... And I can't move a waste of my life doing that. And then, you know, you feel horrible. But when I see him, I'm like, man, I used to be like that, you know? So, like, here, you know, recently making those changes and doing those different things. And it's it's going to be great, hopefully, one day. But yeah, we'll see. Good to go. I think it'd be good. I mean, you're, we're, we, we got a good, we got a good, good ideas and a good foundation. We just, like you said, just got to keep, yeah. keep digging in, man. Keep, keep uh, looking for, keep looking and, and identifying opportunities for improvement in, in areas you can, you can, uh, circle you know, of life, brother. That's it, bro. I mean, we're in the, uh, we're in the animal kingdom now, if you think about it. And if you're in the animal kingdom, it's, 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 uh, it's kill or be killed, right? And that's 100% like for getting a job or whatever you're doing. And the only way to not be killed is to be the person, I, I want to say making the rules, which is a bad choice of words, but the person that is innovative, out front, thinking about things all the time, pushing the limit and never giving up. Like that's the, the deal. And and I'm starting to get back to that point in which, you know, it's good for me. I think I like it. Well, it's just funny because, you know, this, this in this civilian world, man, it's, it's very it's going to sound bad, but it's very sheepish. Like everybody just kind of follows the flock and goes with the flow, man. It's, if you can ever get yourself to where you can step out of the flock and, and come up with some ideas there, it's almost, sometimes it seems like they're, they're more um, open to, to change and innovation. The military is a little different. Like you can only affect change at your level to so, so to a certain degree outside of that, like you had so many, you know, upper levels above you and, and hoops to jump through. But this, the one thing I do like about this is I, as I have, I feel like I have more opportunity to get my idea pushed further along, you know, in the pipeline than I did in the military. Well, to, to be fair, we're lucky enough to have found a place right. that values our opinion on the role we're doing, right? So we did yeah. the role... For a long time in the military, we're very successful at it, and now we're kind of doing the same role where we're at now. And the things that we ask questions and bring up, they always, they always like listen, right? They have questions about what we're saying, but they can see that we're not just going, "Oh, this is a great idea." We'll always go in with like, "Hey, I think we can do this, and here's the reason why." And then the biggest keyword after that, I think that they appreciate is like, what do you, we always ask, what do you think about that? And do you think there'd be an issue with it, right? And I always end it with, remember, I'm 
never had to live with rules in recruiting. Like we asked you anything and everything about you. And now it kind of messes me up sometimes that you've got to be really careful about what you do and don't ask, right? So I'm always like making sure that I'm not going to get the company sued or anything, but. Hey, my money. I'm just, yeah. yeah, but I like the job. Yeah, and I'm going to get fired and I'll be back at Brent's. <laughs> I'll be at McDonald's forgetting to put sauce in the bags like all these other knuckleheads. Oh, or or you ordered three hamburgers? Yeah, dummy, it's right here on the piece of paper. You know what that's what it, you know what kills me? What's the worst thing that you've seen someone like in a fast food or a restaurant or anywhere? A convenience store. You know what makes me laugh more than anything? Paying cash. Yeah. Because it'll be like that'll be 1352 and I give them a 20 and I just wait for it. They just like at the 20. You stare at it. And they're and they're kind of going I got to open this drawer and pretend I know what I'm doing and you're sitting there going I, it's 1352, okay? 1352. You give me 648, we're good to go. Yeah, bro. Like you did that pretty quick. Like yeah, they taught me math in school. Okay, I didn't just have to learn it to do. Oh, you, you, I live in I live in Podunk, Florida, bro. You ain't good luck. Good luck. Good luck. They ain't uh, they ain't counting cash, but no, I mean, it, it's been a good ride. But yeah, here we here oh, we. It's fuck. not over. It's not over. No, who knows, no. man? Maybe here pretty soon. Like I do, like the idea we talked about the other day. Like we we, we don't need to talk about what the podcast would be called but we need to do one. Oh fuck yeah it'll be you have to censor out all my shit hope you got you got one beep buttons you can just be like beep beep like the little censor button all we have to do for this episode is make sure that it's listed on the channel is explicit and we're covered i mean listen that's the that's the beauty of of podcasts right like you can it's it's probably the one platform where you can kind of give an idea and you can give a thought. And if you do slip and like we have today and said a couple explicit words, you're not going to get like fined by the SEC or whoever does that stuff for like TV and, and, and radio, right? Like there is no. Yeah. Cause um, I like, I like the podcast. Cause I can say shit like fuck Joe Biden or like, like my I mean, yeah, you could you could definitely say a hundred percent of that, and it happens all the time. People do all of that, but it's be, it, it, it's it's still the one thing that it kind of allows you to have that freedom of speech, right? Like it's your podcast, you put it up. If you label it explicit or you label it whatever category it is, you're blatantly telling everybody. If you don't like any of these things, don't this click on this. One to listen to, yeah. So you just choose and go okay, on your podcast in like full tack gear with a fucking rifle and look like straight. <laughs> Should have done yeah, it. Tacked up. Okay, tacked. guys. Today's not the day we're going to talk to Alhira because it looks yeah. like somebody's dog shit in his front yard again, and we're going to. He does it on purpose. I'm gonna I'm gonna get like a not a real gun, maybe like a a pellet gun. And I'm just gonna sit at the window and wait, dude. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a sniper's nest. I'm gonna like. I'm gonna put on like a ghillie suit the whole night. I'm gonna sit my just sit here and wait when his dog shit. to record it. I'm topping his ass. I'm getting his ass. You gotta record it. Make it a YouTube video. You think it'd be frowned upon if we set up like a tiger trap with the po- the pokey sticks like in like Vietnam and like covered and when he walks his dog, it's like ah, and they're all I'm gonna do it. 
I'm doing it, bro. Dude, the lawnmower will turn into fertilizer at the end of the day. Honestly. Barry and worries at him and his little fuck ass. And, and and let, so let me ask you this question. Here, here, yeah. Here's the question of all questions that I have for that. Like, it sucks, and I hate seeing it in the yard. I really do. When was the last time you walked through the yard barefooted where you worried about dog shit being in it? I don't walk. I don't walk barefooted, but you're right. Mm. What if I wanted to? What if I wanted to? What if today is the day? Exactly. I'm like, yeah. I want to fit my toes between the grass and boom, dog shit. Well, then you I'm just exfoliated your toes. I'm not even mad, bro. I'm going to find where he lives and I'm going to go shit in his yard. <laughs> like, I'm going to put a leash on my neck and I'm going to have April walk me into his yard and I'm going to, I'm, I'm deucing his yard up, dude. That should also be a YouTube video. You should uh, totally do it. And he's going to get some subscribers and do some stuff like that. I'm doing it. I'm deucing up in his yard, bro. He's fine. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I tell you what, I, I, had, a, I had a good time talking to you today. Yeah, I, appreciate, I, I mean, I appreciate all the uh, the information that can be shared anytime I, I, I get on with a, a former colleague. Oh, you know, I love, I love you, brother. Man. Always. Yeah, man, for sure. It, it, I hope that people learn something from all the stuff that I can talk about with the people I served with, the people that have served and you know, going forward, it's a good thing to do. You know, it's a good idea. We should probably, you know what? We'll talk about it later. I got another idea that we can jump into. Hell yeah. And we don't need to say it here because you know, then everybody hears it. And then next thing you know, we're going to see it happen and then I'm going to be pissed. But then I'll be applying to their company and they'll be like, you're overqualified, dude. Like motherfucker. That was my idea. You know? What? All good. No, yeah, but absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, we'll have it up soon, and, you know, we'll do it again. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, every, everybody that's listening to this one be on the lookout because there may be, like, a collaborated podcast coming soon. I, that That's a good idea. Yeah, I'm going to wear the games. Do a lot faster than this one because that one's going to be shenanigans and hooligans, but it's all good. The next one we do, I'm going to figure out how to be a, how to learn how to like ventrilo- be a ventriloquist so I can talk. I'm going to wear a ball gag the whole time, and you're still going to hear me. It's going to be awesome, dude. <laughs> I think I have an extra ball gag in my room somewhere. I'll have to find it. Oh, man. You're cool, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, I love you, bro. Yep, you too. I love you too, man.